It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello. Welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And Noah, my friend, how you doing today? Uh, the word of the day is melancholy, but that's okay <laughs> because tonight we're talking about something special and something that's very somber and something that needs to be remembered. And you know what? I tell you, Noah, this is, uh, I know it's the name. But uh, this is our last opportunity this week to really uh, talk about 9-11. And we experiencing and uh, we are at the 20th anniversary. Hard to believe. Wow. You know, and uh, I believe that our listening audience need to understand uh, what that means and what happened and, and how important that this was to our country and um and the sacrifices that uh we 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 made and what we did afterwards and and that started this uh Afghanistan war and you already know about that. Oh yeah. And um I was part of that one though. I was part of I was uh, at the Pentagon during that time. And uh we're gonna talk about a lot of those things tonight. But it's interesting to get perspective from people because everybody has their own story about where they were and what they were thinking, what they were feeling at that very moment. And you know what? Uh, yeah, every, everybody do. And I, I got a few folks, and just like I got Dr. Uh, Strom uh, here today. It was a nice surprise hearing he's going to be part of the show today. Yes. He, you know, this is an cr- incredible guy. Uh, and uh, he's going to uh, uh, chime in. Uh, and 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 tell uh, what he thinks about what was going on, but most importantly, I got and Anne Van Hine on the show tonight. She's our featured guest, and she will be talking about um, the personal experience she had when nine eleven occurred, and um, the many things she's been doing um, to remember those who have been lost and. We look forward to hearing from her today on the show. And, and no, we, we, we cannot forget about, uh, just like I mentioned, the sacrifices. And she uh, is the wife and was, was the wife of a New York firefighter. And um, that made the ultimate sacrifice uh, to make sure that uh, our great nation or was able to recover and do the things that we had to do to get back on track. And so I am so excited to have her as a guest tonight. It'll be great to have her and hear her perspective. Uh, So many Americans lost their lives on that fateful day. Um, And, you know, what they stood for, as you said, should never be forgotten. We should remember them as often as possible. We should remember them as often as possible. One of the things that, and one of the questions that I want our listening audience to know, especially if you was part of that, is what was you doing during uh, the time that you really understood what was happening in our country? I mean, um, I mean, it's, it's uh, we're going to talk about that as we uh, get through this segment and also as we bring on Ann, uh one one thing is doctor dr strong what was you doing that day sir oh my god uh i was actually uh stationed in tokyo japan at yokota air base and of course there's a 15 hour time difference uh from here in dallas to tokyo um when it actually happened uh we have this thing it's protocol in the military when things happen we have what we call a recall list and uh, one of my supervisors called me, and and he basically said, "Hey, turn on the TV." And when I turned it on, uh, I thought it was a movie, 
you know, watching the, the plane crash into the tower, the first plane, and then the second plane. So I was actually shocked. And he said, no, this is real. Uh, America's on attack. So um, you feel hurt. You, you, feel, you feel shocked, first of all. And then the, actually, as time goes on, to watch people jump from the top of the, uh, the towers all the way to their death was very uh, heartbreaking. It was very disturbing. It was very disturbing. And then from there, being active in the military and overseas, they really locked us down. I was standing in a high-rise apartment building. They had guards, no snipers, on top of the top, uh, top of our buildings uh, in our areas. And one of them, they secured the base. And we, could, we was trapped in the house for about two weeks. But it didn't matter. It was just sad to watch. Wow. You know what? Uh, that's, that's great insight. And, Michelle, can you... Uh Tell our listening audience what the purpose of the show is today. Well, the title of tonight's show is Pieces Falling, Navigating 9-11 with Faith, Family, and the Fire Department of New York. The purpose of the show today is getting to know the background of Ann Van Hine, discussing her husband Bruce's career as a firefighter, to discuss her experiences during 9-11, how she and her family handled the aftermath of 9-11, discussing her book, Pieces Falling, Navigating 9-11 with Faith, Family, and the Fire Department of New York, and discuss her volunteer work at the National 9-11 Memorial and how she leads tours and speaks to school groups. Can you introduce this great guest to our listeners? Yes, Ann Van Hine. Ann Van Hine lost her husband, a New York City firefighter, on 9-11. She has spoken to school groups about experiencing personal loss amid a national tragedy, led walking tours of the National 9-11 Memorial, and participated in a hearing at the European Parliament. Her stories included the Netflix documentary, Turning Point 9-11 and the War on Terror. Anne believes that the stories of September 11, 2001 are like a mosaic. The stories don't fit together like a puzzle. Instead, they lay next to each other to form the larger narrative of what happened that day and since. As the author of the recently released Pieces Falling, Navigating 9-11 with Faith, Family, and the Fire Department of New York, Anne believes in the importance of humanizing history. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Anne Van Hine. Anne, how you doing? Welcome to the show. How you doing today? Anne, uh, I don't think we, we got locked in because I, I cannot hear the audio, but... Uh, uh, it's just so important uh, that Anne is here to tell her story and that uh, she's going to enlighten us uh, with a lot of things that happened during that time frame, Noah, and that uh, I, I can't hear. I can't wait to hear uh, what she's going to say. So I don't know if we got locked in, Noah. No, yeah, yeah, she's locked in. Sorry, you guys were were speaking, and the phone was ringing, and I was multitasking. So her line is, is up right now. Uh, and how are you doing? I'm I'm doing quite well, thank you. And I wanted to um, thank you for your um, service to our country. I always thank veterans for their service, and uh, you are one of them. So thank you. Hey, thank you so much, and uh, I I really appreciate uh, the sacrifices that your husband made. Uh, Thank uh, with, you. The, with the New York uh, City firefighter. Uh, but, Ann, can you tell our listening audience where you grew up and a little bit about your background? Yeah, so I um, actually was born in Oxford, England, and then I grew up in Oklahoma, Utah, Arizona, all before third grade when we moved to New Jersey. And then from third grade on, I lived in New Jersey. I studied ballet, and at 21, I started my own um, dance studio. And the same day I started my studio, I met Bruce, actually. And uh, we were married um, five years after that. And um, we were married for 21 years when um, September 11th happened. And it had always been his dream to um, be a New York City firefighter. And um, he was able to do that. Wow. And can you tell us um, why your husband, Bruce, and his career as a New York City firefighter and what inspired him to pursue this profession? Yeah, he um, when he had been in the Navy, because he was also a vet, um, he read a book about the fire department and just really um, 
was very interested in that. You know, Bruce was the guy that if your car broke down on the side of the road, he was the guy who would stop and, you know, change your tire or do whatever, you know, needed to happen. And when we were first married, you know, I was a small business owner, but he was also a small business owner. At the time, he owned a um, tree company, did tree work. He was an arborist. And, um, you know, that's very seasonal work in the Northeast. And one day he was sitting at the kitchen table trying to figure out what he was going to do through the winter. And I said to him, what did you always want to be when you grew up? And he said, a firefighter, a real firefighter. And I said, well, what's a real firefighter? And he said, a New York City firefighter. And so I said, well, then go do that. So he took the test and he registered and did all that. But then that test was caught in the courts for almost seven years. I'll tell you what, man, let's hold that thought because we're going to take a station break. Okay, great. I want to pick it up with that point that we're just leaving off. But we got to take a station break, but we're going to come back. We're going to continue this great conversation. And we're talking about 9-11. Uh, we're talking about uh, the pieces falling, navigating through 9-11 uh, with uh, this great lady, Ann. Uh, tell you. We'll be back shortly after the break. It's your life. I'm James Coley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County. AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I'll tell you, Noah, we're talking about a serious topic tonight. I mean, uh, we are approaching the, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And uh, being a military veteran myself, uh, this means so much to me. And uh, I'm sure that uh, it means so much to America that uh, we first understand uh, what happened in 9-11. And we secondly understand what we did to make sure that we protected America in 9-11. And, uh, I mean, it's tough. So much loss, so much promise. And we got Ann that's uh, telling her story. uh, And she lost her husband during that time. He was a New York firefighter. 
And I tell you, listen, audience, you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. And I know we had to take a station break, but uh you was explaining to me about uh your husband Bruce's career as a New York firefighter and uh I believe that you were saying that he loved what he was doing. Yes, he did. He loved being a firefighter and he um He'd always been in a firehouse in the Bronx, actually, uh, right near Yankee Stadium. He was part of a squad, which that's um, Special Operations Command, so those firefighters have additional training. So as I heard the events of September 11th unfolding, um, I always knew that he would be down there because um, that's what they were trained for. And um, you mentioned you've heard the, uh, about the events of September 11. Um, how did you first hear about it, and what was your first reaction? Yeah, so it was such an ordinary day. You know, I had taken my girls to school at the time. They were um, 14 and 17. The one was a freshman in high school. The other was a senior. And then I had stopped by my uh, dancing school and uh, just to check messages. And when I got back in the car... The radio uh, people were just talking about that a plane had hit the World Trade Center, number one World Trade Center, and they were saying it was a small plane. And really, my first reaction to that was like, like, what kind of dingling was that? Right? How could you not see the building? First of all, they were so tall, and it was such a beautiful day. But as I put the car into reverse, they announced that another plane hit. So now I know that it was just after nine o'clock. And I actually put the car back into park and sat there a moment and then decided I was going to drive home. And as I started to drive home, uh, the fire department issued a total recall, which I don't know a lot about fire department procedures, but I know that they had never issued a total recall before. And that's when they say over the radio for all firefighters to report for duty. Bruce was already on duty. But I just knew that the fact they were doing that was, you know, not good. And I went home and I saw the, you know, the tower collapse. I saw about what was happening at the Pentagon, saw the other tower collapse, tried to call my parents. Uh, I couldn't call out. The phone was saying all circuits are busy. Try again later. Um, My daughter would call from school and just say, where's daddy? And I said, well, you know what? I, I don't know where daddy is, but we're going to, we'll call the firehouse when he would be off duty. And then I told her that I was going to pick up her and her sister at early release time. Emily had early release in her senior year, but I then eventually went and picked both of them up from school. And so. as a firefighter that was stationed in the Bronx, did you expect? Uh, have that expectation that your husband would be sent to the World Trade Center? Yeah, I did because as a squad, they always went into Manhattan all the time anyway. And because of that additional training, I I had no doubt that he would be sent there. Um, I didn't expect to talk to him during the day. That part didn't surprise me that I didn't talk to him during the day. But... um, you know, the fire department would eventually come to my home around midnight to tell me that he was unaccounted for. Wow. You know, you mentioned something that, uh, I mean, I tell you, I was, I was, uh, at the Pentagon. I wasn't at the, the uh, quarter that I normally, or uh, that was there on a daily basis. Uh, but I remember, uh, watching, and remember when we first got the news of this, and it was just chaos uh, because uh, 20, 30 minutes later, the second tower, just like you, you mentioned, was hit. Yeah. And uh, my bosses said, hey, go get your kids. I was in so much shock that I jumped in my car and uh, I drove, thought I was heading um to get my kids, next thing you know, I was 40 miles uh, from Richmond, which was 50 miles in the opposite direction. Uh, and it was kind of like I was hypnotized. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And I, I, 
I know that you understand exactly what I'm saying. And uh, wow, uh, and that 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 was uh, it, it was something that it took a while for us to get our hands around. And uh, Doctor Strong, uh, what exactly were you at during that time? Yeah, so I was in uh, Tokyo, uh, Japan, stationed at Yokota Air Force Base. Uh, and um, when it happened, um, of course, in the, over there, we don't have the, the total media exposure they have in the United States. But still, uh, we was locked in on the TV. It was just in awe uh, towards the events. And um, it, it's just amazing how it, it affects us, me personally today, uh, these thoughts and things that nature has been active due to the member of the Air Force, which makes me even more honored that you're here, Ann. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're here to tell your story. She is here to tell her story. I, I know. I think we got a caller. Uh, can, uh, we still got that call on the line, Noah? Yeah, I'll patch him through. Okay. Caller, you're up. Hey? Uh, do we have a call? Yep, it's punched up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Caller, how you doing? I'm what? I'm fine. This is uh, Bernadette Simple. Colonel uh, Commander Simple, how you doing? How you doing? I'm I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing just fine. You know, uh, this is an absolute pleasure to have you because we were stationed at the Pentagon during that time, right? Yeah, and, yeah I was. Yes. And I'm from New York, and so um, that day I was a military assistant at the Secretary of Defense. And that day, my boss went out of town, and I was like, yeah, I got a free day. And so I went up to the Navy side to see one of our friends that we both know, uh, Captain Daniels. Oh, yeah. And when I got there, um, the door was closed, and I, I waited for a little while. I said, who's in there? They said, oh, uh, Captain Gant. I said, oh, I know him. And I knocked on the door, and they opened up the door. And then I saw the World Trade Center on fire. And being from New York, I knew that this was big trouble. And I was like, oh, my God, the World Trade Center is on fire. And they were like, oh, yeah, plane just, they said a plane just went into, I said, no, that's a terrorist attack because you're not allowed to fly over Manhattan at any time. And I also knew about, and about how the World Trade Center had gotten bombed several times prior to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I went out. I was in 4E, um, 543. I never forget that. And I went out there, and I was in the fourth, which means I was on the fourth floor, D-ring, and I stopped because I could go around, and I just said, something told me go to the A-ring. And the plane that hit the, hit, hit the Pentagon hit between four and five. So I would have been caught in the air. And some people thought that I was dead because they, they didn't hear, hear from me. But I went downstairs. My boss's office was, obviously, he wasn't there made sure all the, all the certified, all the um, classified information was secured, told my people to leave, and then made sure everything was locked up because the intel guy came and took everybody out, everybody out of the Pentagon. And, and commander, I got out there and I did. Com- commander, yeah. uh, four and five ring were where we was at, our offices. I'm talking about I'm yours right. and mine. And right. just so happened that day, uh, my boss told me, uh, uh, that I need to stay in the headquarters portion of it. And uh, I was wondering what, I mean, I, I thought about you, uh, of course, because I knew you, you was there mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important that Anne tell her story. Absolutely. Uh, and and uh, that uh, we bring awareness uh, to our listening audience. Uh, Commander Simple, please hang on because we're going to get back in touch with you. But um, we're going to pick it back up with Ann right now. But don't go anywhere if you can hang on. Okay. Ann, um, before the break, I just want to ask you a question. So, you know, when you, you mentioned in your book, and we're going to talk about your book, you were trying to establish a new normal. And right. what, did, what did that look like to you? And I want to follow up with another question, but that's after the break. But um, please answer about how a new normal would that look like to you? Okay, so so much of our life was still the same. We were still living in the the same house. The girls were going to the same school, and I was still, um, you know, teaching dance to little girls. But, of course, Bruce was was gone. 
And then in light of that he had died in the line of duty, there were many opportunities given to us, like, do you want to go to the Rockefeller Tree Center or a tree lighting, excuse me, or the, you know, a party at the mayor of New York's um, house at Gracie Mansion at Christmas. And so all those were wonderful opportunities, but I was trying to just get life back to what we called our new normal. Hey, hey, and, and um, hold that though. Yeah. I, 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 I want to pick up with the new normal. We got to take a station break right now, but we're going to come back. Let's, let's talk about life after the new normal. This is such a fantastic uh, show. And it's something that uh, really need to be talked about. So uh, we're going to take a station break, but we'll be back shortly with It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and Ann is going to continue to tell us this wonderful story. We'll talk to you after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen-to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. The Answer, San Diego, streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hi, this is Michelle Cooley. Welcome back to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And we have Ann Van Hine as a future guest on the show discussing um, the events in 9-11 and how this affected her personally. And listening audience, if you want to call in and ask questions to be a part of the show... Call 1-888-344-1170, 1-888-344-1170. And going back to the last question before the break, you were describing your new normal. Can you continue um, that discussion? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I was saying we were trying to, I was just trying to have life continue, right? The girls were still going to the same school, all, you know, that's going on and we're, just, you know, trying to go on, but you're getting all these wonderful opportunities, which were great, but, um, you know, when Bruce, when we got home, Bruce was still gone, right? So it was 
great as those different experiences were. And it was just trying to, um, to move forward. Um, you know, you don't get over something, but you take little steps to move forward. And, um, you know, the reality of that, our loss was amid something so much bigger, right? That everybody owned a part of 9-11, had a part of it. Everybody had their own story. Was, you know, tricky to navigate, actually. And um, six months later, after 9-11, they found Bruce's body. Um, first of all, did you think they would um, recover a body? And did finding a body change anything for you? Um, first of all, we never thought there would be a body. We, you know, we just, we had had a memorial service for him at the end of September, not expecting for them to find a body. And um, we were glad that they did find a body. As a matter of fact, my one daughter mentioned um, now I don't have to think about that he's wandering around with amnesia, which is not something I ever knew she thought. Um, but it, that was a difficult time because um, and not expecting there to be a body, and then there was there was expectations from people that we would do another service or what's going to happen with this or that. And um, my, da- my daughters and I talked about that. Uh, Bruce had always said he wanted to be cremated, and so we decided to do that. And I really just focused on my kids and what they wanted because I felt that in on September 29, 2001, we had done what was expected of us, and that felt right. We had a memorial service that honored Bruce. It brought glory to our God. Both of those things were important to us, but the finding the body was something personal. Like, as my other daughter said, I've had no control over any of this, but I should have control over telling people that my dad's body was found. And, you know, I am grateful they found the body because 40% of all families lost on September 11th have uh, never had any human remains. And 20 years out, I think that's something people need to realize, that you have over 1,000 people that have had never had any remains of their loved one. And that's hard. We all have cultural and religious, you know, events that we do, things that we do when we lose a loved one. And... Um, Many of those people haven't been able to have those. Producer Noah here. And actually, this question is for Ann and Commander Simple. Ann, we'll start with you. Um, you always hear, and it was really first coined down on the first anniversary of 9-11. Remember, you know, never forget. Always remember. What do those words mean to each of you? Um, to me, I, I think we've, as a nation... Um, done a good job uh, with never forgetting those that were lost that day and I do appreciate everything that has been done for my family and the people that have always remembered um, the sacrifice but but um, as we come up to this 20th anniversary I think the thing I really want people to never forget and always remember is there were people that day that saw things that no one should ever see um, there were young men and women after the fact that went off to war and saw things that they should never see. And um, I want us to remember those things as well. Like, I appreciate that we remember those that we lost, but the survivors, the first responders that were there, and many of them have died since from 9-11 related illnesses. We need to remember all those people that there, that Yes, it was the just under 3,000 people that were killed. Their families should be remembered. But there were tens of thousands of people affected by that day. And um, I think we need, to, um, we need to remember that. So that's what I'd ask everybody when they say, never forget, always remember this year. Because I have friends that were, were survivors. And from volunteering with the 9-11 Tribute Center, I've been very blessed to get to know a lot of those people and... We need to remember what they went through, too. Great answer, Anne. Uh, let's hear from you, Commander Simple, and then we'll actually hear from Dr. Stroud, too. Yeah, I think that what you need to remember is when 9-11 happened, we had never had a war on our soil since the Civil War. And so it was very new to us. Although we had you know, deployed other places, we had never been attacked on our old soil. But the heroism of everyone, how we as Americans, we were Americans, 
came together on one day under one purpose, under one flag, and to remember that while some people were running away, there were firefighters, policemen, military running too. And so we need to remember that we enjoy all these freedoms and all this prosperity because we have security. And these men and women have put their lives on the line so that we could live the way we live today. Excellent. Dr. Stroud, what do you have to say about uh, never forgetting and always remembering? Well, those are great examples of the question. Uh, But for me personally, it's just just about uh, um, being uh, the reason why you join the military. Eventually, the reason why you learn to join the military. Uh, I joined the military go to school and have uh, the the Air Force pay for my education. But as long as that was part of my plan, I learned how to be a, a, a American, how to be a military person, and how to take pride and protect this country. Now, being military, the first thing I wanted to do when, when this happened was really upset me real, real bad. I want to go over there and take care of business. You know, that's how we just trained to be. Mm-hmm. I apologize for it. But it just united us, you know. Uh, it, that's one thing I can say about this thing. There's all, anything that happened bad to an individual or, or a person or a country or, or a community, the good of it is we do uh, unite and become a family for the same cause. Oh. So that, mm-hmm. was a, that was a good, great thing about that's the one of the great things about this this tragedy that I'm glad uh, I'm able to meet Anne for the first time, hear her story. Uh, uh, Mac, me talking to Kevin Spells right now, hearing her uh, vision and things that happened to her. And it's just we got to keep on sharing these so we can actually still uh, support each other going forward. That's an excellent answer. Hey, um, well, I think what we'd like to do right now is and James would appreciate this, our good friend Chief Ralph Godby Jr. I actually interviewed him earlier this week. going to be playing it on my show this weekend, and he had some thoughts about 9-11 and and what it made him feel. And I just want to share a 30-second snippet, and I think it really puts things in perspective. It's ironic ironic that that, uh, September 11th, the anniversary, is coming up this Saturday. One thing that I long for is in the minutes and the days and the hours, the weeks and the months, and even maybe a few years after that seminal moment in world history, we weren't black, we weren't white, we weren't Democrat, we weren't Republican, we were not um, liberal or conservative. For a period of time, we were Americans. Wow. Noah. That is That's what it's all about. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. And, you know, in my prayers every, every day, I'm hoping that we can get back to that way of thinking and get rid of the partisan uh, way of thinking because the uh, only way that we can be America, I'm talking about, you know, be great uh, and be people and, and love and understand each other is we have to understand that uh, we are all one. And I know we're going to take a station break, but I'm going to come back. And we're going to bring Ann back on. And we're going to continue this great discussion. And you are absolutely fantastic. So we'll be back shortly after the break. If you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 888 Again, that's one 888 It's your life. I'm James Coley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity 
community of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and uh, Noah. This is uh, a little tougher than I. I thought it would be uh, to uh, actually do this show. It's an, it's, it was such an emotional day, and for somebody like yourself that was there, it, you know, I can't imagine the, the the feelings and the emotions that just came came rushing back. I think it's the first time you've talked about it on the radio, correct? I refuse to talk about it on the radio, and Commander Simple refused to talk about it uh, as well. We was there. Uh, and not just us, but it was, it's a lot of other folks that was there. But uh, it's 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 a tough topic, man. And it's uh, um, this is my like was said earlier, James, and I, and I think you would agree. This is something that, that that no American should ever have had to experience, or for those that were there and saw it, should have had to see what they saw. And, and you know what bothers me, though, is why we why do we make this political uh it's it's not a red or it's not a blue it's not a religion thing it's uh, we are americans we that that bothers me uh when we look at things from a political perspective when we have to come together to make sure that in order to protect this great country I mean, from a military perspective, and uh, Commander Simple knows this as well, along with as Dr. Strauss. Uh, it's, it, we, we, we don't think uh, red, white, or blue when we're protecting this country. And, no, and that's, that's why that, that, that clip that I shared with you with uh, my coming interview with uh, Chief Godby this weekend was so powerful because he was spot on. He's always spot on, man. That's a great guy. And uh, I tell you. And uh, I just uh, applaud your courage. Uh, I want to know a little bit about your book. Now, you have written your story in a book that was released called Fallen, Peace, Pieces Fallen, Navigated 9-11. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. I had um, decided I wanted to write my story um, kind of to give people some understanding of what it's like when you've had a personal loss that's actually connected to such a public tragedy. Um, And many times when I've seen, you know, different things on television, I've just thought, oh, these poor people, they're going through this in the public light, right? Whether it's a personal loss, though. And I I also wanted to write it for people to understand um, the importance of faith. My faith is what has sustained me. And also that we um, we don't do life alone, right? We need our family. We need our friends. And as I say when I talk to um, many students, you know, your your family may not be the best family. It may be toxic to you, but you need to go find a substitute grandma and grandpa and aunts and uncles and cousins because we need those relationships, those um, people older than us and younger than us to um, mentor and be mentored by and so that's really what the book is about. It is my 9-11 story, but it's 
about how my faith sustained me. My family and friends came around me, and I was fortunate also to have the Brotherhood, which is not really a gender-specific um, term, of the FDMY, because Bruce had always said that if anything happened to him, the uh, fire department would take care of me, and that has that has happened, and that has been... Um, a gift. And the other thing I, that I talk about a lot in the book is, you know, after September 11th, I got cards in the mail and bookmarks and beaded bracelets simply addressed to the family of Firefighter Van Hine, Greenwood Lake, New York. No street address, no zip code. But you know what? People got that information out of the newspaper and they took the time to send me a picture their five-year-old drew, or they took the time to write me a note and tell me they'd said a prayer for me. And I can tell you that all those things, that made a difference in my life. And companies reached out. Like, we, everybody reached out. So much of what you've been talking about, you know, we were together. We were, as a nation, on that day in those towers and at the Pentagon. You know, it didn't matter if you were polka-dotted or striped, you know, that people came together. They didn't ask, how did you vote or whatever. They didn't care. They just wanted to help each other. And and I was helped by many of the things that happened afterwards to help us to get through this, um, you know. I mean, really, there's really no way to explain what it's like to lose you know, I lost my husband, my kids lost their dad, but the world sees that they lo- we lost a hero. We didn't lose a hero. We lost wow. a dad and a father. Wow. And the cover of your book also states, Anne's journey parallels the evolution of Ground Zero from a place of death and destruction to the moving memorial plaza today. Can you explain that idea of the pile, pit, and plaza? Yeah, so... The media um, called the site Ground Zero, but really the firefighters and police officers called it the pile, the pit, and now it's the plaza. And it took me a long time to realize that in a way, the World Trade Center site and I had been on a parallel journey, right? This attack, right? It was an attack by terrorists on those actual buildings. It was an attack when my husband, you know, died in the line of duty. And then there's this pile, right? At the site, there was a pile. They had to go through all that debris. But in my life, there was a pile, right? You know, you had to sort out uh, missing persons reports and all kinds of stuff. And then um, then after that's gone and it, the actual site, it took till the end of May of 2002 for them to empty it, then there was a pit. And that's true in, in our lives when we've been through something that shook your foundation and then you've gotten through the pile of stuff that you had to do, then you realize what you've really lost and how do you make that whole whole. And uh, for me, that was in 2006, I started volunteering with the 9-11 Tribute Museum. Um, and that has been one of the most amazing experiences in my life. And then in 2011, the National September 11th Memorial opened, so um, our tours switched from being around the site to being actually on the plaza. And, um, you know, I want to encourage people in your life to find um, to find a place to serve, to for, you know, um, to volunteer. And I always tell that to young people, like volunteerism, maybe you won't be that famous basketball player you want to be, but you could be the basketball player that helps some kid because you taught them, you volunteered. And so um, that's also part of my story is the importance of, um, of volunteerism. And, uh, and you just briefly touched on it. So for about 15 years, you have been leading these tours and speaking also right. to school groups. I, I'm very curious to know what is the, which I think you've, you know, briefly described throughout the show today, but what specifically drives you to keep sharing this story? Um, Mostly because those people that we lost on September 11th can't talk for themselves anymore. Bruce can't tell his story of being a kid that wanted to become a firefighter and achieving that. And, um, 
and there's 3,000 other people that can't tell their stories either. So I think it's important that we keep those stories alive. You know, we need to know the timeline and we need to know the statistics, but it's the stories that make it real. And when you learn somebody's story, and whether it's somebody that died on September 11th or somebody that survived, um, it's just, it's, it's important. I really believe strongly in the idea of story. That's also part of the reason I wrote the book. But, you know, we all have stories that we could share with each other. And I think if we heard each other's stories, we wouldn't see our differences so much because they really would, in some ways, be similar. Because loss is loss and struggle is struggle and they're different. But we would know we're more alike than we think. Wow. And I, I, I just got to say, I know we, we're running out of time, but uh, wow, this was so incredible. And uh, as we approach uh, the anniversary of 9-11, I believe that you brought a lot of insight back into all of our hearts. Uh, and where we, uh, I know Michelle and myself and Dr. Strauss, who's in the studio today, we... Personally, I told they went back and we relived that one and then we rededicated uh, uh, our purpose to that. And, and uh, Commander Simple, hey, thank you so much. I don't know if you're still there or not, but you Hi. are so. Hey, thank you so much. And um, you're welcome. I, t- I, I tell you, we're, we're at the last 30, 40 seconds. I, I want to thank uh, and you, first of all, for sharing your story with us. I want to thank my great uh, uh, co-host, Michelle Cooley, uh, who's always here. I'd like to thank my fantastic producer, Noah Dingley. Uh, I just want to thank our listening audience for taking the time to tune in every single night, especially tonight, because this means so much to me. Uh, and we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to each and every last one of you. Uh, it's all about stickability. We're going to be around for a while. And uh, we want to continue to bring great messages uh, on the James Cooley Show. It's your life. And I tell you, we'll be back tomorrow. Same time. Same place. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.